0: I think we need to sing it one more time though. You guys need breakthrough? Man, the the spiritual warfare has been intense lately. (laughs) I had a door physically open by wind yesterday. I've never seen that in my life. Heavy, heavy door physically open by wind. I went into my apartment last night and uh, I've, I've probably burned over 2,000 candles. You know we make candles, sell candles and I had a candle in my den physically explode into a hundred pieces of glass completely destroying my bookshelf. There were glass shards several feet away from the candle. It doesn't even make sense. I don't even know how it's possible. It was like just a supernatural explosion.
1: Uh
0: And then today, I mean, I've just, I don't even know where to begin with today. I don't even know how much I should tell you. (laughs) But I mean, getting locked out of my apartment, um, having literally thousands of dollars of equipment stolen from me. Yeah. Thousands of dollars of equipment stolen <laughs> and just uh, dealing with FedEx and lost and stolen packages and just the most bizarre things. And at the same time, getting locked out of my apartment. And when I'm locked out, because I'm looking down at my keyfab and I'm like, that's not my keyfab. I'm locked out and I'm I got all my packages stolen at the same time. and uh, it's just incredible warfare it's really actually quite astonishing and we just want to give it all to our prince michael and our warring angels right now to deal with it and as i'm locked out of my apartment and just i got quickly back in went through concierge and all this stuff we ran into um a notorious jezebel at the same time and you just can't make this stuff up. I mean, the, the odds are one in a million. Uh, someone that I know, and it's just, it was, there's just a, the Lord illuminating the warfare against our arch nemesis right now, Jezebel. And um, and the Lord telling me, I mean, I don't even know this stuff, you know, you'd be surprised of how many people and how much has been stolen from Red Letter Ministries by this Principality of Jezebel, it's beyond comprehension. And he's actually beginning to tell me, because I can handle it and I'm mature enough, how severe the killing, the stealing, and the destroying against RLM from this Principality principality has been over the years. And it's uh, beyond imagination. How, how many people, how many partners, how the damage this thing has done is just it's mind-boggling and so I just been trying to soak and just uh you know just clinging to the lamb in me when the warfare gets so severe lay down and and do a little soaking I had 15 minutes to soak this afternoon because it has been complete and total chaos today and I passed out for 10 minutes and I woke up and I was just everything was so terrible that it was like physically painful in my brain. And I'm like, I'm going to cancel Joel's bar today because it's just so bad. It's just so bad. It's so supernaturally horrible today. and I want to be completely vulnerable to you against the wrestling that I'm I'm doing right now in the heavenlies because it's just horrible. It's just a complete nightmare. And uh, I just came in here and it's like, we're going to drink through this horrible wrestling with this horrible enemy. This thing is so nasty and vile and does everything she can to hurt the prophets. The Bible says that on her head is all the blood of the prophets. Not only has she robbed the prophets of all of their inheritance during their lifetimes, she's she's killed every single one, the Bible says. That's how serious it is. She's killed every single one and she's trying to kill us. She's trying to kill our ministry, she's trying to steal everything she possibly can from us and and hurt us to the maximum measure. And the only thing that sustains us, I'll tell you the truth because I've been wrestling this thing since 2006. This is Elijah's arch nemesis and I believe we'll defeat it in, in our generation, but the only thing that sustains breakthrough against this principality, this fallen archangel and her millions of servants. Is God inside mindedness. I mean I can't even imagine wrestling principalities without being God inside minded. I can tap in no matter how bad externally the pressure is where it feels like your brain is bleeding, dealing with this stuff often. No matter how bad it is externally in the Great Tribulation, which means great pressure, you can go into the Lamb of God in your center, in your spirit. And I tell you the truth, hundreds and hundreds of times when it's been really bad like this, that's the only comfort in existence. And so let's just drink into the lamb and just sing this one more time and just just rub it in our enemy's face. Let our cup overflow with new wine. The breaker anointing of the bloodline of Jesus flow out of our hearts and minds. Restore everything. The Bible says that David recovered all. The enemies, the Philistines, the Amalekites, all these things, they were constantly stealing every single thing that brought comfort and pleasure in King David's life in the Bible. And he'd have to take his armies out and recover all the stolen and lost goods. And A lot of people died, and a lot of things were just completely destroyed. But the Bible says that when David had lost everything, he went out and he recovered all. And so that's the verse we're clinging to right now because it's been so severe, the kind of warfare we've been dealing with in these things, that we need the Messianic anointing, the seven spirits of God that empower all the good angels assigned to the manifesting sons of God to go out with our armies and recover all from Jezebel. I think if you were to see how much seven times of a thief be caught stealing this thief is the principality Jezebel if you were to see how much gets restored it would be the very Garden of Eden and mountains of gold around you right now you can't even imagine how much this principality has stolen from the prophetic people since Adam it's beyond comprehension and I believe That God is allowing it so that we would get justice by going into our spirit and releasing the Lamb of God's vengeance. The wrath of the Lamb is against Jezebel. What is the wrath of the Lamb for? This thing that we're wrestling right now. So in the name of Jesus Christ, out of all of our spiritual stomachs in this place and everyone watching online, we release... The wrath of the Lamb against our arch nemesis, the spiritual enemy that has done us such great harm. Let the vengeance of the wrath of the Lamb annihilate her, drown her, destroy her, and restore sevenfold everything she's stolen from the prophetic people. Come on in our hearts, in the cloud of witnesses in our heart, many of them dead because of her right now. So let there be vengeance and restoration now towards the spiritual enemy in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's sing it one more time. Yeah! but when I speak, they are for war (laughs) against the whore of Babylon. (laughs) I mean, you gotta hate your spiritual enemies. (laughs) Pour out for her double. bible says the harm that she's done the apostles and prophets so we're gonna get into some serious vengeance the lamb of god is in us and so you know you think about this is something real fun to meditate on the ones that don't have the lamb of god in them get the same external punishment all the way into their spirit and into eternal damnation and hell so we we're dealing with that external stuff but the Lamb of God is in us so we have eternal life and freedom and glory on the inside this is why oh my gosh can you imagine dealing with this stuff without Jesus on the inside oh, you'd be in hell I mean you'd be, you'd be burning in physical Hades <laughs> I am just so thankful to have Jesus on the inside, because you're dealing with his enemies. You're dealing with spiritual wickedness, stuff that that left its domain, that really preys on Christians. And we have victory in Christ every day, no matter what we deal with externally you look at you know polycarp and stuff you know stabbed right through the heart and a dove flew out (laughs) hallelujah you know jezebel did that killed him so i believe this generation is loaded inside our spirit inside your spirit with the vengeance Upon the murderers of the prophets I believe we're gonna build up our spirit to the place where instead of getting speared by these horrible antichrist spirits we're gonna spear them we're gonna skewer them we're gonna crucify them (laughs) and we're gonna do it with the outpouring of the Lamb of God in our hearts a people who effectively know how to give the battle to the lord it's one of the greatest spiritual warfare verses in the whole bible the battle belongs to the holy spirit you ain't gonna have victory against stuff unless the holy spirit is warring against it the anointing wars against wickedness the anointing wars against darkness this is sorcery this is witchcraft This is potent witchcraft of Babylon the Great that hates, hates the Holy Spirit. These demons hate the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost hates them. You need to understand, the Bible says that I have hated them with perfect hatred. The oil of joy, which is the anointing, is poured on my head because... I have hated wickedness. What's wickedness? Jezebel is the epitome of wickedness. It's you know why she's the epitome of wickedness? Because it's the greatest counterfeit of Christian spirituality. It's the closest thing to walking in the spirit but still being in the wrong kingdom. And it deceives the whole world, the Bible says. Babylon the great deceived All nations it deceives everyone on earth is deceived by it the only way you're not is if you're in the resurrected one no longer in the earth in your inner man but because you have a temple done on earth you're still gonna feel some of it you're not gonna feel all of it you're not gonna feel hell all the time you might have to deal with it though because you're the only ones capable of dealing with it if you're dealing with it it's because no one else can god needs a temple god's spirit moves on earth the bible says he sent out in all the earth revelation 5 6 which means he has to use an earthen vessel the earth is given to the sons of men but the heavens belong to the Lord. So, the Lord's already got the heavens. He just needs the earth. And in order to take the earth and destroy these wicked, horrible spiritual enemies that destroy the nations, He needs to put on our bodies. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost needs a temple. We are the volunteers of our bodies in the day of His power. Psalms 110. And to sit at his right hand until all your enemies are a footstool for your feet means to allow the Holy Spirit to slaughter spiritual forces of wickedness through your bodies. Uh What does it look like? A a sharp two-edged sword coming out of your Uh mouth. (laughs) It might be able to frustrate stuff in the brain, but that's the place where we're crucified with Christ anyhow. So I don't take that too seriously. But I've noticed it's never been able to frustrate my spirit. Uh It can't go that far deep because it can't enter that glory. Uh It could enter the flesh. It can press against the flesh. The Bible says we wrestle. Wrestling means there's physical contact. Uh But it can't go into your spirit because your spirit's full of glory. Uh You win the wrestling match when you release your spirit full of glory all the way up through your heart and mind. I'm seeing Psalms 24. I want to read it to you because it's the key to spiritual victory. And I know you're all dealing with it. I can tell when the spiritual warfare is severe, half the people don't show up to Joel's bar. No explanation. It's just all at once. They don't even coordinate it. It's just half the community didn't make it tonight. That happens once in a while when the warfare is severe. All kinds of accidents start happening, stealing partners, canceling left and right. Just full blown forces of hell trying to destroy the works of the spirit of prophecy. The spirit of prophecy only works through the prophets. So that's where the battle rages the most. Most people don't even have a grid for spiritual warfare until they get around the prophets, and it's like, oh, this is the front, this is the front lines. <laughs> and people, a lot of times, will lose their minds. The only way you're gonna make it in the front lines is if you're God inside-minded. You ain't gonna make it otherwise, because your only anchor you have for your mind to be constant against this external force of confusion and just death—it's really like an angel of death is by being able to drink out of your spirit like a fountain and cover your mind and it will it will test you in your ability to drink when you don't want to your ability to to laugh when you're feeling angry your your ability to press into heaven when you're being tempted to manifest hell back towards hell, which is how the enemy gets people when you sin against, sinners or when you sin against the angels that sin, you know, like it says in scripture, bringing a foul word or something, a word curse against the fallen angel. But Michael, the archangel, didn't do that. It's its speaking of playing within their kingdom. There's an understanding of how you win. And it's, it's hard sometimes. This is what tests the warriors to go from soldiers to champions is this kind of pressure wants to make you bitter and angry and frustrated beat you down give up throw in the towel and instead of doing that you just you thank Jesus and it's like it's hard because you just it's so miserable and there's so many things going wrong and I I don't see the victory and the enemy is sitting on my head or something and it's it could be way above your head doesn't have to be on your physical it could be in the second heavens and the fiery darts are just raining down on you that is when you need to tuck your mind into your spirit most of all that is the critical point of getting your brain inside your spirit otherwise guaranteed you will be carried off into babylon the fiery arrows come with hooks attached to the angels in the second heavens bible calls it ranged attack this is how we lose so many people Because their minds are not covered with the spirit of glory from their spiritual stomach, so you have no armor, and when it hits the brain, it hooks them and flings them away from the prophets. It flings them away from the prophetic. This is how you lose Jesus' lost people. Why? Because their minds were connected to the world. To angels of light and a worldly light that could hook into their brain and pull them away from the true light that was in the belly of Jesus Christ there was his father in him the glory of the father in him you have to keep your mind attached to it in your spirit and around other people who are God inside minded and then to get strength and then you'll break through you need a company you can't take out a principality individually it take, a principality takes a company, a whole clan, a whole tribe. In order to take out Jezebel, you had the eunuchs, you had Elijah and Elisha both, you had Jehu, and a whole bunch of other stuff going on, the horses and the dogs. It took a whole network to take this thing down. So this is what you do, you train up soldiers and warriors And the main thing is wisdom because in the heat of the battle, it's not going to be a formula in your head. It's going to be wisdom in your heart because this thing just goes to zero right away. This is the first thing that shuts down. And it's just you're you're stripped of everything except for what you've developed inside your eternal spirit. And that's all you got for the battlefield. And so that's why you just constantly feed the spirit for the day of battle. He prepares the horse for the day of battle. He's preparing the soldier For the day of battle, when you'll be tested in warfare in the areas of weakness in your mind, and you you will lose many battles, but you'll win the war if you cling to Christ in your spirit. You'll eventually win any battle you have in your life. (laughs) But if you lose and you forget about Jesus in your spirit, you can actually lose the war. You can. A lot of people, when they face such external confusion, their minds never return back to Zion, and they die in Babylon. That's ultimately what the enemy's trying to do to every single born-again believer in the world. But her focus is directly against the ones pioneering. The God inside-minded, which is the promised land of the new covenant, which will get the believers into a place of maturity to remove their rulership that they stole from Adam and Eve in the second heavens. <laughs> so third heaven is inside the belly of the believer. Second heaven is externally. That's he who's in the world. Greek word world, cosmos, second heavens. The Bible says, John, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he who's in you, the only thing greater than the second heavens is the third heavens you know that full well so the third heavens is in you and it's greater than he that's in the world greek word world is cosmos which is second heavens which means bright morning star in you is greater than second heavens Angels of light that are in the cosmos. So, this is these ranged attacks that we're wrestling against. And so, we just want to, and oftentimes the Lord Jesus Christ, He'll mature you through facing this stuff. It cannot be avoided. You know, in the Final Quest series that I recommend everyone by Rick Joyner, the main emphasis is that you're born in an army. <laughs> and a lot of people have the ragtag armor their swords are like made out of plastic <laughs> or wood and the, the further you got to the front lines the better the armor and the better the weaponry got which is the more spiritual the people were the more prophetically accurate with the word working in their spirit that their the word of God had formed oh you know like young light beings the reason why it's ragtag in the outer court and the inner courts a little better not much it's because there's still so much carnality there's still so much brain you know even just posting such an obvious truth that mental ascension is demonic EW Kenyon had two messages God inside mindedness and how evil mental ascension is. Those are the two main enemies of a a believer after they're born again. God outside mindedness will destroy your life after you're a Christian, and mental ascension will destroy your life after becoming a believer in Jesus Christ. You're only victorious if you're God inside minded and you spiritually ascend. So the temptations are God outside mindedness and mental ascension, which is what Jezebel's main strategy is to take out all believers, even if they're into the Holy Ghost and all that stuff, all the charismatic stuff. You can still be bewitched and be a total servant of demons and be charismatic. Clearly, written in the Word. So we need to be fully spirit-minded, revelation of our inner man, revelation of your spirit ascending keeps the focus on your inner man so that whatever your outer man goes through you can weather the storm. Because if the temptation is externalism and you're not interested there, you can't eat from the tree of knowledge. Tree of knowledge is not possible for someone who understands the new covenant. A tree of knowledge cannot defeat someone at certain levels of revelation it can irritate them it could steal all their partners and finances it could steal all their FedEx packages it could do a lot of stuff in the world but internally it can't steal the inner man what's formed in the spirit is storing up treasure in heaven where where moth and rust do not destroy it is written So this is the main priority, and that's what frustrates these angels the most. Jesus called them angels. He didn't even call them demons most of the time. He called them angels because that's what they are. And most people think they're good angels. But they're bad angels. Very, very bad. So you just buckle down. And how do you win the war? Psalms 24 is about winning spiritual victories. The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof the world is and they who dwell in it for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the currents and the rivers who shall go up into the mountain of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place he who has clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted himself up to falsehood or to what is false nor sworn deceitfully he shall receive blessing from the Holy Spirit and righteousness from the God of his salvation This is the generation description of those who seek him, who inquire of and for him and of necessity require him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob, Selah, calmly ascend. Selah means to calmly ascend. Lift up your heads, O you gates. This is where it gets good. And be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, that the king of glory may come in. This is how you begin winning. You ain't gonna win without this. The king of glory is what wins everything against anything. Okay? Who is the king of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty the lord mighty in battle lift up your heads the key is though the king of glory comes you lift up your head that external force has got you sad and depressed and prostrated and you know broke down but now the key for the king of glory who comes in like a flood to deal with this wickedness is you have to lift up your head David, dealing with spiritual enemies, would say, Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Lift up the my countenance and rejoice, my soul in God. He'd have as a spirit being He'd have to tell his soul to lift up. You have to tell your mind that this external stuff, you're gonna defeat it. That's why you need revelation. <laughs> You know, the enemy only works through the weak points of our soul and our mind. Soul is your heart and your brain is your mind. So those two weak points is where the enemy destroys believers and causes terrible depression and, and just terrible sickness, terrible poverty, all kinds of horrible things that Satan imprisons believers. And it's biblical. Revelation says that Satan will imprison many believers. Will get imprisoned by the devil. But you'll have to endure. The endurance to the end is the ability to lift the head. And that's why Paul dealing with continuous opposition, what does he say? Rejoice always. You know, when you are dealing with this external wrestling, rejoicing is often the hardest thing to do. That's why the discipline of a great soldier is drinking in the midst of external wrestling against the angel Wormwood. It's the name of the star that fell from heaven. The name of Lucifer is Wormwood bitterness. <laughs> which means it's that sourness of orchestrating events through sorcery that tries to steal the joy through men and women, through sinners, and, you know, like Mr. Smith in the Matrix, these demons can just hop inside people and do stuff against you. Car accidents, stealing your blessing, all kinds of crazy stuff. I get messages every day about the, the, the things that people go through wrestling the enemy. Stealing their finances, bank account stuff, fraud, Mm -hmm. uh, just accidents, mistakes, uh, just the craziness of different relationships and people around in their life. Oftentimes a manipulation of finances is a huge one here. Anything to make you lose faith and lose your integrity and your morality and to get into some kind of compromise. Uh And it's to steal your peace. And it's to steal your purity. It's to, and you know what? The only thing you got is Jesus. That's what it comes down to. You be dealing with this stuff. You don't have you can't do anything else against this stuff. There is there is no psychology for this stuff. All you have is faith in Jesus inside your spirit. <laughs> that I will rest and abide in Jesus. I know the Word of God promises victory. If the King of Glory comes through the ancient gates, I will have victory against this wicked force and the spirit in whatever dimension it's fighting me from in whatever elevation it's fighting me from. And the King of Glory is going to come out. Remember, the King of Glory in Daniel could translate faster than the speed of light from the third heaven into the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember how fast Jesus showed up to Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus to save him from the religious demon that was killing him. He was trying to do what was right, but he was so deceived by the enemy, he was doing what was wrong, his heart softened, and Jesus came to the rescue faster than the speed of light. So this is how the king of glory operates in the glory, faster than natural light. The speed of light is broken every time you lift up your head, you gates, which is your minds, and you be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, It's almost like I had the answer before wrestling this stuff in the last 24 hours because the doors literally were blown open by high gust winds. He makes his angels winds. I know that wasn't the enemy. That was the good angels. And then afterwards, all of this crazy stuff broke out. So the Lord will often encourage you and prepare you before you go to war. Uh-huh. He'll warn you. He'll give you warnings. There will be blessings. He'll, A feast. And then this stuff is going to happen. You're going to have to go through it. Uh-huh. What did Jesus Christ say to, to Paul in Acts? Of how much, this is my chosen servant to the Gentiles, and go and encourage him for how much he will have to suffer for my name's sake. That's what Jesus said in the red letters in Acts. To the intercessor, you're gonna go get the scales off his eyes. Chosen vessel to the Gentiles. And Jesus said of how much he's gonna have to suffer. So what do he do? The anointing came, the glory came, the impartation came to sustain his spirit through his external suffering through demonic opposition in the Bible book of Acts it is written and for anyone that advances the kingdom you go through the same stuff in different measurements. Very few ever go through the same as Paul. But we'd like to sign up for something like that. Amen? That's really what all of us here have signed up for. Uh We want to live Paul's life, the apostolic life. At the inconvenience, often of the soul and the flesh and our feelings hurt and constantly robbed. I mean, I can't even tell you how many packages I've had stolen off the front porch of the crack house. I mean, I had the cops come here all the time. Until I had to open up a P.O. box just to get packages because they'd rob me anytime I'd order anything. I mean, it's this total craziness out here in North Minneapolis. It's a lot better than it used to be. But it's like, you have to have a constant resolution of the encouragement of the Lord Jesus of what you signed up for. I believe that Paul got constant prophetic encouragement. The book of Acts says, if you sign up for this, God will send help along the way. Psalms 110, there is refreshment as you conquer. (laughs) Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you age-abiding doors, that the king of glory, the end of the war, the victory, may come in. How is the war won? Stepping out of your body with the man of light that spoke to Moses on the mountain. You can release the Lord Jesus out of all of us at the same time. That's eventually what we're going to do to win this this war against the demons in the deep state. The demons in politics, the demons in religion, the demons in finances the demons in education the demons of the seven mountains the seven mountains of demons and all we got is zion and that's all we need but we just got to keep lifting up our gate and releasing the glory of zion to eat these seven mountains of demons off the face of the earth and then we shall have peace but not until then Not externally, we have internal peace. That can't be robbed in our spirit. But what we are warring for is external peace. External peace. Peace in our finances. Peace in our health. Peace in our marriage. Peace with our children. Peace on our city block. Peace in our streets. You know, global world peace is ultimately what the Prince of Peace and the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they are the sons of God. It's the white dove nature of Christ. The sons of God are pioneering for all Christianity the white dove peacemaker nature of the King of Glory. Who is he then, this King of Glory, the Lord of Angel Armies? He is the King of of glory. 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 Uh, ha, ha. <laughs> Psalms 91. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty whose <laughs> power no foe can withstand.
2: <laughs>
0: I will say of the Holy Spirit, He is my refuge and my fortress. <laughs> My God, on Him I lean and rely, and in Him I confidently trust. For then He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. (laughs) Then He will cover you with His pinions, and under His wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and His faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. This is the ability of the King of Glory in you. Only a spectator on the inside shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High. You know what the secret place of the Most High is, the Bible tells you? Secret place is your inner man, Christ in you, the glory. That's the secret place of the Most High. That's the only place the Bible says that you're safe from Satan. The only place in this universe, the scriptures say, that you're safe from the fowler, which is Satan, the foul birds, the the highest ranking fallen angels, is if you put your brain under Christ in your spirit. Yep that's the secret place the hidden person of the heart the secret place of the heart that's the secret place the secret place is your refuge you haul every single one of us have a secret place you can't come out of the secret place. you know deal with spiritual warfare and enemies and problems in life is a learning experience of how to keep your soul and your mind and your bones Your bones can be inside the secret place, too. Take your bones with you. You don't want your your flesh vulnerable. Bad things will happen to saints if you don't take every part of you of God's original design into the secret place. It's vulnerable to the enemy. The arrows will hit it. If an arrow hits it, they could be pulled out of the secret place, which is bewitched. And their consciousness leaves Jesus. They're no longer Christ conscious. They're no longer making progress from glory to glory. They're now out there going from gory to gory. (laughs) It's guts and gore and mayhem out there. Well, you hear from about five years later, some of them. Sometimes it takes 10 years and I get a text message. I have the same number since 2001, so I'll hear from these people 10 years later. Five years later, man, wow. What did you go through? I can only imagine, I have a pretty good idea. Because there's only one way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's very narrow, because it's just the Spirit of Jesus, the King of Glory. Like a mustard seed on the inside. You know what the mustard seed is? It's Jesus in your belly. That's narrow the path. It's not big on purpose so that you don't have a bunch of wiggle room to do stupid crap with your soul on earth. All that stuff, that's just deception it's narrow man it's good that it's narrow so that we get to know him as a mustard seed of glory the king of glory is like a mustard seed in the belly it don't need to be big i mean how far away is a star and yet it has all this bright light coming out of it 150 trillion light years away but if you have that star in your belly Your brain is literally about 150 trillion light years away, but it's totally illuminated. He wants you to know the power of his light like that, like a star, like a solar system. It's called the bright morning star. Amen. Understand the ability of light. Amen. That's why the angel comes with the measuring rod, because there's distances there's even distances in union the heights and the depths and the breadth and the width of the love of God that's in Christ Jesus which is measurements of the bandwidth of light coming through your spirit there's measurements in union because you have made the Lord your refuge in the most high your dwelling place there shall no evil befall you nor any plague or calamity come near your tent what's your tent Your body.
1: Wow.
0: Tent. Your spirit is the tent for your your mind. Your tent is your spirit covering your mind. What's the tabernacle or the tent of David? God's heart covering the human brain. Uh Tabernacle of David. Man after God's own heart, it's the heart which is the spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes up and rises out of our spirit and covers the brain. That's the tent of David, the tent of the seven spirits of God. That's the refuge of the Most High. That's what we're born for. That is the Promised Land. It's living under the tent of the inner man. Covering our outer man with the fullness of the river of life washing over us and annihilating these external spiritual forces. These are aquatic spirits. Jezebel is like a mermaid, like an aquatic demon. Amen. Well, you deal with a ton of water spirits. So these things will be in the waters that you release on the outside. And you'd be surprised, their tolerance. the glory. These were cherubim a lot of them that were angels of glory. So they're right at home in the glory. It's going to take torrents to get rid of some of the stuff. Some stuff, the little imp stuff comes out with just a little wisp of anointing. (laughs) Some won't even budge at rivers of anointing. Some come down and will be shaken down with the torrent. A torrent is the highest level of releasing the anointing. So we need to press into past the rain, past the river, into the torrent. These arch nemesis only come out with torrents. Torrents are what take down principalities. Rains won't even take them down. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. There's a greater glory. We're going to go from glory to glory into torrent glory. Torrent glory. Torrent glory. And you know, I mean, just to encourage you to. The enemy is an opportunist an opportunist who attacks before the blessing. I've been watching these demonic patterns. I'm sure you've heard this before. And We're dealing with a lot of veterans here. It's usually who we draw into this ministry. So you know from experience that the enemy will often attack before the breakthrough. It's the darkest night before the dawn of day. So they know that if they can shut you down right You know, you're a skilled warrior, you fought a lot of battles, you're loyal to Jesus, you love the Holy Ghost, you're doing the will of God, you're reading your Bible, you're pressing in, you're doing, you know, it's all about God, you're living for Jesus. But they can still shut you down through deception, and that's why you're always growing as a greater warrior of glory from glory to glory through these experiences the fact that you have opposition and the opposition comes at an opportune time that's what the bible says satan left jesus only to come back at an opportune time the bible says so there is a timing to the attack Mm -hmm. and i tell you what the last 24 hours is the timing and it's been it's been severe it's real i just can't imagine what Uh, younger people in the Lord would even do with this stuff no wonder why they just get taken away so quickly because this is this is really horrendous stuff but if you understand through experience this is what you have to do this is the opportune time because right around the corner comes the harvest Comes the harvest, and so you just you just buckle down. A lot of times you just weather it. You know, it's like Vietnam, oncoming fire. But you just you just take all the oncoming fire. We're gonna take this chopper back to Da Nang and get on a ship and go home soon enough. But they're just raining bullets and mortars and Agent Orange and every everything they got right now. It's like Jezebel's Tet offensive. And they're just trying to discourage us in every way and demoralize us. Maybe if I just attack all of the good things in their life that came from God, I can get them to slow down, to not encourage souls to come out of the bewitchment. Ultimately, the main threat is taking the charismatic church into the glory of understanding more accurately the knowledge of the glory and that's what this ministry exists for to take people that are all into the holy ghost into a deeper depth of the holy ghost and get consistent and it's not based on mental ascension which is natural intelligence and so that's where you start to lose a lot of people right away because it's not for the benefit of the brain it's for the annihilation of the brain a great soldier can't use brain a great soldier uses spirit and spirit can stand if spirit can handle it brain can't handle it brain shuts down brain goes into fear goats which represent brain when they're startled, they just pass out. You know, you've seen the videos. Some of you guys need to post some of those videos in the Harlem Facebook group. If you startle a goat, it just faints right away. That's what, In the when the day of the storm comes, will it be like building on shifting sand that is just blown away? You just faint. Don't faint in your (laughs) well-doing, which means don't get carnal. The only way to not faint is to get more spiritual, which is usually more uncomfortable because you're going to be less soulish and more divine, and divinity requires the sacrifice of the goat and the control of the heart and the brain. That's why so few press into this, because you can't remain a human being and press into God. It's not possible you will transform into a light being a living being God didn't create human beings in the Garden of Eden no human beings in the Garden of Eden so the Bible says in Genesis there's no human beings in Genesis and the Garden of Eden there was God created living light beings in the Garden of Eden so going back into original design you have to come completely out of your humanity into his glory And that's where a lot of people miss it because the temptation of the evil one is to cling to your humanity. What's What's the enemy fighting? Temptation. For the believer for the Christian usually tongue speaking charismatic that's on the verge of becoming a more mature weos, out of the technon of the soulishness into the weos of the righteousness of a spirit being standing up in full spiritual stature hitting the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus which is living as the angel of the Lord the King of glory in Union all the way through the heart and the mind not just buried down in the belly But that seed, that mustard seed, developed into the full-blown tree of glory, the tree of life, which is a mighty warrior. That's the maturity that we're fighting for. And the warfare of all the believers in the world is only around those actually maturing the human spirit, because that's the only thing that permanently destroys the kingdom of hell and its manipulation of the nations, which is what you deal with in politics. If you want to deal and cleanse the political structure of the nations, not just the USA, but all of them, the communism in Canada, the communism in Australia, it's outrageous how fast first world nations are losing their rights to Satan's deep state and his Luciferian government, his Luciferian Freemason plans for this time. For, for Satan to take a body on and to have rulership of the earth because that's his ultimate prize. Is he wants to be Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. But the Bible says he won't accomplish it. The Antichrist will not be successful. Why? Because of the teaching of the prophets empowering the believer's spirit to conquer the goat in their own souls. It's good teaching that will destroy the Antichrist. It's good preaching that will empower your spirit to destroy the Antichrist. It's meals for the spirit that it's like those uh uh-huh moments like, whoa, okay, that's it. And you begin to divide asunder soul from spirit in your own members, and you begin to see how the spirit is superior to the soul. When you begin to discern spirits, which is wisdom, which is separating soul, flesh, from spirit, divine, that is the beginning of wisdom. That's the beginning of training in righteousness. Until then, it's just a lot of times it's just information about God into the brain, which won't benefit you. It'll make you puff you up in pride. And then it's all about what you know and not about how bright your spirit glow, which is not in the heavenly flow. It's a total falsehood and... Jezebelic counterfeit of true spiritual development that deceives the whole world. So we're doing damage to it. I'm encouraged by the warfare. That means we're doing everything right. Amen. It's true. And they rejoiced because they suffered for the name. And they said, don't teach this stuff anymore. When the demon possessed children of Satan, the Sanhedrin, Teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites and brood of vipers. When the vipers shut down the apostles, they rejoiced because they recognized the kingdom of hell was noticing their work in destroying the kingdom of hell. So it's encouraging. You don't want to get so distracted on the warfare. You want to stay focused on the king of glory and just releasing him. There's there's another place of dry warfare and and ground warfare where people just all get into warfare all the time. No, the battle is won by revelation. The battle is not won by you and your energy and your body and all this fidgeting and and jitter in the brain and babbling like pagans. The battle is won by rest and peace. Romans 16 20 soon the God of peace will crush Satan under feet which means when the mind is renewed to heaven the third heaven the greater realm in you then the realm outside you the realm that's in the world is defeated by the God of peace because you brought your mind into the victories of Christ you've given the battle to the Lord for real which means it will release the angel armies to deal with this stuff if you can give it to God a prince of peace is someone who makes peace not by just yelling at demons <laughs> you do that when you're younger in the lord and it's it's fun but it's zeal without knowledge you don't need to lift your raise your voice you can whisper and destroy the works of the devil too you know if you lift your voice it's showing effort which is unbelief showing effort is evidence of unbelief the more effortless the more faith demonstrated which is what will have all the glory on it literally just whispering dunamis power be be raised from the dead, Or just some weak little whisper, but it has all the strength of the mighty rushing wind. Amen? Yep. When you whisper, the Spirit shouts. But if your flesh shouts, the Spirit's whispering. We want the mighty rushing wind. We want the strength of the spirit at the cost of the weakness of the flesh. When I am weak, he is strong. But if the flesh is strong with all kinds of loud, boisterous preaching and teaching and praying, that just means your faith is really weak and really small. But it's a a technon place of faith. And it will develop into a much more mature state. And this will have to develop in entire cultures and systems. And, you know, people will get defensive about where they're at, too, which is the fallen angel pride in them. Like, all I've ever known is shouting, hooting, and hollering Christianity. And some of you are just, you know, timid and shy, and God will actually stretch you. You need to shout because you're boxed in. You know, what the Holy Ghost is interested in, his name is the Father of Spirits, is getting your spirit in a place of maturity having dominion over the animals in the garden. That's what Genesis says. Original design was Adam and Eve created having dominion over animals, which is dominion over flesh. So sometimes it's a shout, sometimes it's a whisper. It's whatever manifestations necessary for your spirit to conquer your flesh. If your personality is locked up in your brain, I mean, he'll have to put that extrovert lion's roar into your spirit because your identity is still in the natural man and woman. Listen, your identity, as you go through warfare, it will transfigure your personality. One of the promises in the scripture is a glorified, a glory-filled personality. You only get that through growing in wisdom. Wisdom from God lifts us up into the presence of His glory. What's that mean? The filling of the glory through wisdom killing beasts, which means slaughtering your personality so that the personality of the glory, the person of the glory and the personality of the glory can shine forth like a star. So it's all in the getting over of yourself and the revealing of the Son of God in power. The Bible says that you're saved through birthing the divine child, which is birthing the glory. How many of y'all know when you, you birth God through your face you probably have a different expression on it. Some of you never birthed before and that's why we just look at your face and it's just you there. But it's cool, I'm glad you're there. But we want to get Jesus birthing through your face. It's called making room for the glory, travailing and birthing the Son of God in power, which is out of your belly flows rivers, which means you gotta birth the rivers. This ain't just a This ain't just the spring that's just going to come right up and, oh, I get to stay the same. This spring will change you. You need to think of the Grand Canyon, and you know what the Grand Canyon is is, the Colorado River or something? It cuts through the heart and the mind. That's the canyon. You are the canyon. And he is the river. Notice how there's like nothing left. It's just a grand canyon. If you go all the way in the glory and want to release him, especially if you're more in front line opposition to enemy forces, which is really, you know, where the most mature prophets and apostles on the planet are, which is wrestling principalities, You know, the most mature prophets and apostles on the planet wrestle principalities every day. You know that? Killing beasts, which is the wrestling of the enemy forces on the mountaintops. It's called the seven-headed beast. We'll get to that, too, because I'm going to read Revelation later, 17. But you need to hear this right now. Because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High, your dwelling place, which is... God inside minded. Does everyone say God inside minded? God inside minded. Christ, in me. Christ in me and lay hands on your belly. Christ in my belly, the hope my brain realizes the glory. Okay, that, that's the refuge of the Mosaic. You, you just said it, that's all there is to it. Now it's just fully persuading your brain that what you just declared is actually true, and then experiencing it, which is which will form the tabernacle of David, which is the kingdom age that you bring forth. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague or calamity come near that tent, for he will give his angels. The angels guard that tent. That's the tent of the spirit. He will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of obedience and service (laughs) see if you're under the spirit which is called following the spirit then you are preserved in all your service to the father's pleasure and the father's glory You know what keeps us safe? We still serve the Father. If I ever stop serving the Father, I'm sure I'd be long dead. But I don't have any desire to ever do anything else. I mean, I love my Father in Heaven. It's the best job to serve God. They shall bear you up on their hands, lest you dash your foot against the stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the ass the young lion and the serpent shall you trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me there will I therefore will I deliver him I will set him on high because he knows and understands my name has a personal knowledge of my mercy love and kindness trust and relies on me knowing I will never forsake him no never he shall call upon me and I will answer him I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him You know, this is the person that relies on the Holy Spirit within. That's the only person that gets delivered. Notice that 10,000 fell at his right hand. How many know it's talking about Israelites? Which means covenant believers? It's talking about believers. And most of them not making it in the Bible. Only the ones living under the tent of the spirit in obedient service to the father make it and have any protection
1: that's
0: what the bible says how long life with long life will i satisfy him and show him salvation amen glory 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 Oh, Jesus. Yep, we're growing in wisdom. For all of you newbies out there, read the book of Enoch. You need to learn an apostolic vocabulary. It's not complicated. But there are words that Jesus uses. A biblical vocab. Now, animal is beast. And in order to have a promised land, Revelation says there needs to be an erasal of beasts, of animal, which is flesh consciousness, for spirit consciousness, which is the mind controlled by the spirit, peace with God that crushes Satan under feet. Romans 8 and Revelation is written, So there's a language spoken amongst the mature, Apostle Paul says in Corinthians, that's called wisdom. Wisdom is a foreign language, and you can't speak it when you're born again. You can only learn it by killing beasts, mixing wine, and preparing spiritual feasts for your spiritual part of you, which is right here, right under your heart, in the invisible wind, the 21 grams. You eat right into your spirit, You eat right into the invisible part of you until the invisible part of you is visible to your mind. You eat until your spirit is visible to your mind, which is called the pure in heart, see God. So this is everything after you're born again. What's the Bible say? After you're saved, you then have to learn wisdom. Paul says there is a wisdom, a communication. You learn a foreign language. It's the communication of your spirit that speaks the word of God which isn't just like a parrot quoting scripture it's your spirit quoting scripture which is the complete opposite Saul of Tarsus had the whole bible memorized but he's killing Christians that didn't do him any good the bible in the brain is pride and murder the bible in the spirit is everlasting life in the, in the keys of David and the windows of heaven so the whole overcoming of every believer is coming out of your head into your heart. This 12 inches right here from consciousness here, which is practicing the curse of the fall, which most believers practice. Mark of the beast in the believer's forehead, which is practicing the flesh, being good in the flesh. (laughs) Being good in the flesh is not Christianity. It's religion. It's satanic. It's sorcery being the spirit of god and a temple of the holy spirit 1 corinthians 6:19 is christianity it's completely different it's not even the same religion it's an intimate knowing of him and the spirit of wisdom and revelation intimate knowledge of the father of glory in your inner man colossians 2:10 and you are made full of the godhead father son and holy spirit in your rich treasury of glory so the Bible says, Amplified Classic, that God the Father, Jesus Christ, said all of His works, all of His ministry was the Father in His Spirit doing the works. Jesus allowed the Father's glory to fully control His body and steer the water courses of His mind everywhere He went, destroying the works of the devil, which is what obedience and service to the Father of glory looks like 100% of the time. What does obedience look like? Destroying the works of the devil. Opposing everything wrong and false in Christianity that has been introduced by fallen angels, which is a lot more than you think. Especially in the charismatic church, it's a lot more than you think in the charismatic church. From charismatic to sonship, woo!
1: That's
0: the hardest leap. It's easier from a sensationist Baptist to a charismatic than it is a charismatic to a glory Garden of Eden Christian. That leap right here coming out of the incubator of the charismatic church into John the Baptist in the open river without the building, without the walls, just living as a divine being conquering this world with rivers like Garden of Eden design. There's no churches in the Garden of Eden, sorry, the revival is not going to be in the church. The revival is going to be in the open field. The revival is going to be in the garden. I looked and there was no church there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its church. On earth as it is in heaven, begins with no buildings made by human hands. Acts 7:48. it is written. Most of what you've known so far was a human mixture with the divine and grace allowed it because of our immaturity because we didn't have another expression to even approach God except through our belief systems which are all garbage it's all religious it's all part of the fall as that comes out of us through sanctification we come out of the wilderness of our mixture of human Christianity into full-blown divinity of the original design of Garden of Eden that looks honestly nothing I tell you the truth, nothing like charismatic Christianity right now, nothing. Uh That's why it's so persecuted in the USA. Because it literally looks not even remotely close to what you see on God TV. And I love God TV because it's a path into perfection. You don't beat up the path, you just as guides, as prophetic guides, prophets are the guides into a greater glory which is the impartation of wisdom. All the wisdom that's here came through the prophets of every generation since Adam. And Adam was a prophet. So the wisdom is the guide to keep going from glory to glory and not settle. Don't settle for church. Keep growing in the glory. And the walls will melt down. The ceilings will open. The heavens will open. There will be spiritual ascension and you will face mental ascension after you understand ascension the stairway of ascending psalms 120 through 134 the psalms of the ascents the psalms of the rising spiritual ascension going from glory to glory degree to degree by the spirit who is the lord looking into the word being constantly transfigured in the inner man the spiritual and moral resurrection lifts us out from among the dead even while in the body to be the children of the resurrection that go at the full height and stature of ruling from the angelic seer while our body is still on earth, our entire light being is consciously aware of the elevation we are in heaven, which is your current rank in the armies of the living God right now. So you see God, which is you see where your spirit is in God. Uh-huh. Amen. God is the revealer. God is the promoter. God is the resurrector. The Spirit of Holiness raised him from the dead. And he's the firstborn amongst many who spiritually ascend from the realm of the dead while in the body. There was levels of Jesus' inner man growing while he had a body given to him by Mary. Which was a she was of the generations of King David, not just Joseph. His his stepdad, but Mary, his physical mother. Direct genealogy to King David, truly the son of David, which means inside the body of David, one will always be on the throne of David. How many of y'all know it's Jesus Christ? And you're on that throne already in your spirit. You're born on that throne. Ascension has now taken the base nature that looks like the high place your brain but is the lowest point of view your base nature in your outer court into the high place of your spirit which is on to the throne of the lamb which is right here in your center Christ in you the hope of discovering the throne of God amen so as your mind ascends internally there's an external lifting of the elevation and the quality of life of the outer man as the mind goes down into the holy of holies within. Out of your belly flows rivers. Where does the river flow from? John 7:38 Revelation 22 the throne of God. The mercy seat literally is inside your spiritual stomach already right now. You just need revelation and awakening. Awakening is learning how to take the low place, the skull the altar and to ascend as a sweet aroma like smoke rising. Going up is going down. As you go down within you'll deal with everything in the heart which is all Egypt and the River Nile. And that's where you really learn and get humbled because you deal with the entire fall inside every man and woman's heart. You don't have part of the fall in your heart. You have the entire fall in your heart. You are overcoming the entire fall individually through sanctification. And as you conquer and overcome your self-life, the overflow of your personal victories will be imparted into the greater body of Christ, which is called building up each other, edifying their spirit in the most holy faith. If a person presses in into these realms, it's automatically shared. Greatest example I've seen so far in my life, Spiritual Emphasis Week in the year 2000. Sherby Long and his team of like 10 ministers from Virginia fasted two weeks, 14 days water only. When they stepped into the chapel downtown Minneapolis, a physical manifest glory cloud materialized. That was the first time I'd seen the glory cloud. And it materialized the whole time over there. You could see the cloud so all of their pressing in and, and a 14 day water fast was shared with every believer's spirit automatically even though I didn't fast today and I was eating cinnamon rolls in the morning I didn't have to do anything like thank you that's why you give some people rewards I didn't have to do anything with that thank you for fasting for 14 days I'll take my cinnamon rolls and I still get the same blessing of the same cloud and all the same impartation oh my gosh it was incredible, and that's when I got the Goliath sword. Whoa. That's when Sherby laid hands on me, and I went out, and f- fire just w- wad through me, full like down on a cloud of fire, and then this this cylinder came down from heaven in an open vision and i saw goliath's sword go right into my spirit in the year 2000. true story and that's why when you read those books they said the goliath sword sword was already missing from satan's armory was, they wrote it after i'd received it in heaven and we're we're using it amen it's going pretty good It's going to get a lot better. It's still the early days and Saul still has all the numbers and Saul still has all the finances. Saul still has pretty much the whole nation of Israel, which is all believers. But the armies of David and the mighty men, outside institutionalized Christianity, outside the four walls, in the river, in the open field, were taken over. That's why Mike Bickle said the expression of Christianity be utterly transformed in one generation. This is it happening before he rise. And most people don't like it. But you're going to like it because it's way better. But it's just uncomfortable because we've been taught wrong. And we think we're right, but we're stubborn and deceived, and we all got a lot to learn, a lot of humility. We got a lot of crucifying to do of the carnal mind, a lot of crucifying to do of Egypt and the the Nile in our hearts. It does get better the more you die. You only experience a greater life through a greater death. Uh, only in the greater life through a greater crucifying of the soul will you ever have more revelation that's actually real revelation. Like Jake and Rebecca were saying last night on their broadcast, a lot of people have fake revelation. Mental ascension, false revelation. You know, Jezebel's the dealer of false revelation it's very tempting because it looks like true mysticism that's why jesus spoke at like a third grade level vocab just to make sure that you wouldn't mess it up that you have to stay it as little children god when god came to earth he didn't speak fancy he spoke dumb <laughs> Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the red letters. If you take all the red letters in the New Testament, it's about the equivalent of a third grader. Some people say even maybe a kindergartner, depending on how smart they are, you
2: know?
0: Probably more like a third grader for us. Maybe maybe a 12th grader, I don't know. That was pretty advanced for me. I can't even, pro- I can't even pronounce the 300 words. And the reason is, is because the Spirit just needs to learn how to speak wisdom and it's game over. If the Spirit speaks at the same vocab as Jesus at 33, which was only a vocabulary of 300 words, and if your Spirit speaks that, you're fluent in wisdom. And from there, the sky's the limit. But to get rock solid in wisdom, you just need the same vocab of the Red Letter Ministries. That's what it's about, the vocabulary of wisdom as your Spirit talks. When you're born, you are trained for the flesh to talk. You learn an earthly culture, you learn an earthly language. Even if you know 15 languages, it won't help you at all. The only language that will help you eternally, which is wisdom. And if you don't learn it, you you forfeit your whole soul for eternity. So after you're born again, the Spirit learns the Word of God to communicate as Spirit-talking, which is called the mind of Christ which is divine intelligence and it's not getting fancy it's not getting smart a lot of unlearning it's getting crucified and for your spirit to learn how to talk and that's why moses stuttered because it was this spirit talking he got trained in egypt educated in egypt which is getting real fancy in the occult which was you know today soulish christianity is the epitome and the pinnacle of the occult That's why you wrestle with this stuff so severely. You're dealing with the pinnacle of occult when you deal with carnal Christianity. It's the beast talking, every word out of the brain is blasphemy, that's what Revelation says. If it's not spoken out of the water, the voice of any water, if the water's not talking, and if the river's not talking, it's hell necromancy Egypt and Nile crocodile bloody Nile and all of those crazy hieroglyphics coming out of a person's face and they're calling it God but it's those ugly storks the foul bird the crocodile men that's the channeling of the realm of the dead you know in Egyptian necromancy you want to you want to pick on this stuff but it's what it is is Christianity of the soul Egyptian necromancy is Christianity. You have to ha- be in the covenant religion, just like the Old Testament, in order to be a son of the devil. Who did, Jesus didn't call Caesar a son of the devil. He called the leaders of the covenant religion the sons of the devil. Which means you have to be in the covenant religion to be a child of the devil. That's what Jesus said in the Bible awfully quiet in here Uh hallelujah but it's truth anyhow Uh (laughs) which means you have to believe the same stuff God believes but in the realm of soul and selfishness which is why we struggle so much because we have such a feast of the occult and the highest level of occult in soulish Christianity after we're born again it is the danger zone man that's why most people don't make it and they go right into sorcery. You get born again and then you get into soulish sorcery Babylonian Egyptian natural earthly Christianity which is the Whore of Babylon and Babylon the Great. But a spiritual minded people dealing with this stuff and a predestined foreordained group of priests, we're going to pioneer the way to take it down. Jesus said it'd be like the days of Noah, which means it'd be like one versus a billion. There were a billion people on earth in Noah's day, and one guy took them all out. He said that's how it's kind of going to be. Jesus said his second coming would be like the days of Noah, which means there'll be a remnant that'll be God inside-minded, spiritual intelligence, developing the light being, and the everyone else will just be soulish which will be everyone else will be in the whore of Babylon. everyone will be carnal christians they'll be lovers of self they'll have a form of godliness denied the power thereof they'll be into all the gifts of the spirit but not have union and intimacy in their own spirit you can do the gifts irrevocable gifts without even salvation bible says you have to know him be intimate in your spirit in order to practice the real covenant, truth.
1: <laughs> uh-huh.
0: Amen. And it is life and death. Uh-huh. And it's it's an eye-opener. Uh-huh. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls then came and spoke to me, saying, come with me and I will show you the doom, the, sen- the sentence, the judgment of the great harlot, idolatrous, who is seated on many waters. Waters often represent nations. <laughs> She with whom the rulers of the earth have joined in prostitution. Remember who this book's for now. To the kings and priests of earth. So who are the rulers of the earth? This is an antichrist. It's believers. Whom the rulers of the earth have joined in prostitution, idolatry, and with the wine of whose immorality, idolatry, the wine of madness, which is the wine of the soul. (laughs) versus the wine of gladness, the wine of the Spirit. There's two wines in the garden. Jesus was offered two wines on the cross. You're offered two wines every day. The wine of the tree of knowledge and the wine of the blood of Jesus. The wine of a little child and the wine of a grown-up adult. One will kill you. The other one will humble you. Uh Amen. Uh Uh Wine. (laughs) Intoxicated on the tree of knowledge and the angel bore me away wrapped in the spirit into a desert wilderness and i saw a woman seated on a scarlet beast that was all covered with blasphemous titles names and he had seven heads and ten horns the woman was robed in purple and scarlet and bedecked with gold precious stones and pearls and she was holding in her hand a golden cup full of the accursed offenses and the filth of her lewdness and vice and on her forehead There was inscribed a name of mystery with a secret symbolic meaning. Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes, idolatry. Prostitution, idolatry. What's what's Jason Upton say? The biggest idol? (laughs) Is self. The mother of selfishness. And of the filth and atrocities and abominations of the earth. I also saw that the woman was drunk drunk with the blood of the Saints God's people in the blood of the martyrs who witnessed for Jesus and when I saw her I was utterly amazed and wondered greatly but the angel said to me why do you wonder I will explain to you the secret symbolic meaning of the mystery of the woman as well as of this of the Beast having the seven heads and remember seven heads of the Beast remember Teresa of Avila, the seven interior castles. It's the soul completely controlled by the carnal mind. So if the soul is controlled by the brain, the Bible says that you're at war against the spirit. But if the brain is controlled by the spirit, the soul is filled with the seven spirits of God. So a believer is either a seven-headed beast from a lack of the circumcision of the heart, or the believer is filled with the seven spirits of God. And the contrast is getting greater and greater of who has the seven spirits of God in their soul, and who has the beast. It needs seven heads because the soul is seven interior castles. Come on. The beast that you saw once was, but now is no more, and he is going to come up out of the abyss. The bottomless pit. You know what that is? (laughs) the flesh realm the realm of flesh as the bottomless pit the brain realm and the inhabitants of the earth whose names have not been recorded in the book of life from the foundation of the world will be astonished when they look at the beast because he once was but now is no more and he is yet to come in other words This person got circumcised of heart. That's all there is to it. Revelation, as complicated as it may sound, when your spirit is full of wisdom, is very simple. Very simple. Profound revelation, but simple revelation. The brain complicates things. That's why it's the realm of Babylon, which is the word for confusion. Babylon, directly translated into English, means confusion. But in the spirit, everything's simple. That's why revelation can only be interpreted by the spirit beings of the sons of God who communicate in wisdom. This calls for great wisdom, which is the ability to understand the word in your spirit. That's what revelation requires to understand it. You have to live as an angel. If you're not living as an angel, a spirit being full of wisdom, it's a sealed letter and the interpretation is utter stupidity this calls for a mind to consider that is packed with wisdom and intelligence it is something for a particular mode of thinking and judging of thoughts feelings and purposes the seven heads are seven hills filled with the world in the soul upon which the woman is sitting and they are also seven kings five of whom have fallen one still exists and is reigning and the other seventh has not yet appeared and when he does arrive he must stay but a brief time and as for the beast that once was but now is no more he himself is an eighth ruler king had but he is of the seven and belongs to them and he goes to perdition also the ten horns that you observed are ten rulers kings. Who have as yet received no royal dominion but together they are to receive power and authority as rulers for a single hour along with the beast these have one common policy opinion purpose and they deliver their power and authority to the beast they will wage war against the lamb and the lamb will triumph over them for he is lord of lords and king of kings and those with him and on his side are chosen and called elected and loyal and faithful followers. And the angel further said to me, The waters that you observed where the harlot is seated are races and multitudes and nations and dialects, languages. And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will be the very ones to hate the harlot, the idolatrous woman. They will make her cheerless, bereaved, and desolate. And they will strip her and eat her flesh and utterly consume her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to carry out His own purpose by acting in harmony and surrendering their royal power and authority to the beast until the prophetic words, intentions, and promises of God shall be fulfilled. And the woman that you saw is herself the great city which dominates and controls the rulers and the leaders of the earth. Then I saw another angel descending from heaven, possessing great authority. And the earth was illuminated with his radiance and splendor release that angel amen and he shouted with a mighty voice she is fallen and you know another name for she is fallen is Jezebel is fallen mighty Jezebel is fallen she has become a resort and dwelling place for demons a dungeon haunted by every loathsome spirit, an abode for every filthy and detestable bird. For all nations have drunk the wine of her passionate unchastity, and the rulers and leaders of the earth have joined with her in committing fornication idolatry, and the businessmen of the earth have become rich with the wealth of her excessive luxury and wantonness. I then heard another voice from heaven saying, "Come." out from her my people so that you may not share in her sins neither participate in her plagues for her iniquities her crimes and transgressions are piled up as high as as heaven and God has remembered her wickedness and her crimes and calls them up for settlement repay to her what she herself has paid to others and double her doom give jezebel a double portion of doom in accordance with what she has done in jesus name amen Uh mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed for others to the degree that she glorified herself and revealed in her wantonness lived deliciously and luxuriously to that measure impose on her torment anguish, tears, and mourning. Um, Amen. Yeah. Tears and mourning, yes. Yeah. Woo. Tears and mourning. Since in her heart she boasts, <laughs> I am not a widow. As a queen on the throne I sit and I shall never see suffering or experience sorrow. So shall her plagues, afflictions, calamities come thick upon her in a single day. It's the day of our spirit. Pestilence and anguish and sorrow and famine, and she shall be utterly consumed, burned up with fire. For mighty is the Lord God who judges her, and the rulers, the leaders of the earth who joined her in her immorality, idolatry, and luxuriated with her will weep and beat their breasts and lament over her when they see the smoke of her conflagration <laughs> they will stand a long way off in terror of her torment and they will cry woe and alas the great city the mighty city babylon in one single hour how your doom judgment has overtaken you see this as the conquering of the soul because that's exactly what it is it's the conquering of spirit versus soul portrayed in awesome language (laughs) and earth's businessmen will weep and grieve over her because no one buys their freight cargo anymore their merchandise is of gold silver precious stones pearls fine linen purple silk scarlet stuffs all kinds of scented woods all sorts of articles of ivory all varieties and objects of costly woods and bronze and iron and marble cinnamon spices incense ointment perfume frankincense wine olive oil fine flour wheat cattle sheep horses conveyances conveniences and of slaves the bodies and souls of men The ripe fruits and delicacies for which your soul longed have gone from you. And all your luxuries and dainties, your elegance and splendor, are lost to you, never again to be recovered or experienced. So in other words, in order for the Lamb of God... To get the glory, there has to be a sacking of the nation's soul and a transfer into the nation's spirit. That is repentance and worldwide awakening. The dealers who handled these articles, who grew wealthy through their business with her, will stand a long way off in terror of her doom and torment, weeping, grieving aloud, saying, Alas, alas, for the great city that was ro- robed in fine linen. And in purple scarlet bedecked with glittering gold with precious stones and with pearls because in one single hour all the vast wealth has been destroyed wiped out of the soul where does it go to the Spirit, to the Spirit, to the Lamb of God in the Spirit of the Believer. And all ship captains and pilots, navigators, all who live by seafaring crews, all who ply their trade on the sea, stood a long way off, and exclaimed, as they watched the smoke of her burning, what city could be compared to the great city? And they threw dust on their heads as they wept and grieved, exclaiming, Woe and alas for the great city, where all who had ships on the sea grew rich. Through her extravagance from her great wealth, in one single hour, she has been destroyed and has become a desert. Rejoice and celebrate over her, O heaven, O saints, people of God, and apostles and prophets because God has executed (laughs) vengeance for you upon her. Which means the most spiritual people The Bible says the most spiritual people on this planet Earth are the apostles and prophets. And it's because of their spirits that she and soul is judged. I have executed judgment upon the soul dimension because of the spirits of the prophets. And a single powerful angel took up a boulder like a great millstone and flung it into the sea, crying, With such violence shall Babylon the great city be hurled down to destruction and shall never again be found <laughs> the soul will never again have any leadership over the earth for the spirits of the apostles and prophets that build up all the spirits of the nations shall rule over the earth forevermore understand that's clearly what's happening The sound of harpists, minstrels, flute players, trumpets shall never again be heard in you. And no skilled artisan of any craft shall ever be found in you. And the sound of the millstone shall never again be heard in you. And never again shall the light of a lamp shine in you. Zero soulish leadership forevermore. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride shall never be heard in you again. No more soulish marriages for your businessmen were the great and prominent men of the earth and by your magic spells and poisonous charm all nations were led astray seduced and deluded soulish takes poison and magic to practice soulishness all of it destroyed how by the spirits of the apostles and prophets, is what it says. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all those who have been slain and slaughtered on earth, which is soul destroying spirit. Never again will soul destroy spirit. Spirit will rule over soul in divine love. That is the tabernacle of David. In Jesus' name, Amen! Oh. I forgot to put it back on live. I got the last part on live. (laughs) And I'm pretty out of it tonight, but that was wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. You guys want to bless this ministry? Click the donation links in the description section. I love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. (laughs) Glory. (laughs)
1: <laughs> uh-huh. Get the
0: podcast <laughs> Glory